0: The first lesson is written in the fourth chapter of Acts, beginning with the first verse. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day. For it was already evening, but many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about five thousand. On the next day their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in their midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed— Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Last week we dug into Acts chapter 2 and we discovered there God's recipe for revival. As one scholar put it, that, that the church was called to be devoted all in to the word of God. And that the church was called to be all in with each other as they broke bread and shared all that they had with one another. And as they gathered, God added to their number daily. And they had, as we see now in chapter four, a heart for those that they would encounter to share the good news of the gospel. So as you open up your notebooks today to dig into this week's uh, notes for our our. Understanding that God is leading us to trust him. We're on page 26 in case you're wondering. We will now travel with the Lord back in time to, in his word, to the first century church again. And we'll discover uh, key words, three particular key words in this text that remind us of this certain, certain promise. But we'll also remember that trusting God changes us changes lives, changes history, changes everything when we put our trust in him. We'll travel, uh, if you will, if you're a Doctor Who fan and you're TARDIS, back and forth throughout history today with examples of members of the communion of saints, the body of Christ, saints of God, present now and back then. Or if you just prefer, we'll be going back and forth in a book of history, Right? Led first and foremost by the word of God. The gospel impact has a spiritual impact, a physical impact, a social impact, an impact for everything. I like how one person put it like this, talking about Peter and John as we see them in this text. Trying to keep spirit-filled apostles quiet as the leaders then were trying to do as they questioned them. Is like trying to hold back a breaking wave. Have you ever gone to the beach and you know tried to make a wall to keep the waves back when visiting uh, the shore? Build a wall of sand only for that wall to eventually break down. Spirit-filled apostles can't keep quiet. They weren't trying to stir up trouble, but they did want to speak and tell the truth of what they had heard and seen. And so as we uh, encounter this Text today, we encounter them following Pentecost, following this type of revival recipe, and following an example of awe and wonder as a man had been healed. And as they speak before the same folks who, just really in a relative number of days earlier, had been the ones to send Jesus to the cross, they speak boldly now and point to the man they'd healed is a witness and evidence of what God had done. But as we look at their bold faith, we'll look at others throughout history who have shared that bold faith, and we'll even end this time with someone from our congregation sharing a testimony of trusting in the Lord. Well, let's travel in time for a moment now and go f- forward from the first century to the 1800s, where a man named uh, George Mueller lived. George uh, was famous for a great number of things. He had started a, a, a Bible teaching society to get folks into God's word. He, had, uh, he regularly preached and was uh, in the city and at churches and, and was an itinerant preacher, sometimes Three times a week in different places. Some folks have estimated uh, that he spoke to over 10,000 people in in his lifetime. Uh, He lived out a lifetime dream when he turned 70 and became a full time missionary and continued to travel uh, up until two years, I think it was, before his death, preaching the gospel as a missionary. But maybe what he is most famous for is the orphanage that he started for children. Children who didn't have a mom or a dad and needed a home. And along that well-known testimony of him being a leader of this orphanage, which, by the way, after he died, the streets in Bristol, London, where he lived, were lined with folks who had been children in that orphanage or members of that community who saw the impact that God had done through him but along the way his prayer journal has maybe become just as famous for all the ways that he trusted in the Lord even in crazy moments and I'll share with you one of the most famous of them now it was at that very orphanage and it was the night uh Uh, before the next day would begin, and some of his uh, staff uh, came to him and said, we don't have food for these 300 children for breakfast in the morning. And he said, no trouble, we'll just pray to the Lord, I'm sure he will provide. So when you wake up in the morning, he instructed the staff to seat the children uh, for breakfast in the dining hall like usual. Well, you know what happened. Uh, The Lord led George to prayer that evening. The next morning, uh, by the moving of the Spirit, uh, without request, at least from the orphanage, the Lord had spoken on the heart of a local baker. He said, I don't know why, but I felt moved to bake more this morning. I I baked three extra batches for you in the orphanage this morning, just enough to feed 300 children. About that same time that the the baker uh, uh, arrived, uh, there was a knock on the door of the orphanage of a milkman whose wagon had broken down in front of the orphanage. And it would take too long for the wheel to be repaired before the milk would go sour. And so he said, I've got these cases of milk. Can you use them just enough for 300 children to be fed that morning? God had answered the prayer of his people as they trusted in him that he provided. Prayer and trust linked together. His word, the fellowship with other believers, and being on mission are all linked together as we see them here in the book of Acts. And as Peter and John would return to their friends As one scholar pointed out, we can't help but notice that when we pray, the Lord answers our prayers differently on different occasions. For example, he would lead his people to thousands in repentance. We hear now by the end of chapter 4 that uh, if you count up the total, some 10,000 have become Christian. But before the Sanhedrin, before the Pharisees, they would hear the same message and none would repent. God is still answering the prayers as his word goes out. It does not return void. They are continuing to be a faithful witness. It's not a strategy. It's a call to faithfulness that God gives us a call to trust in him in every circumstance. We see that here in the church uh, in the first century. We see that from folks like George Mueller in the 19th century. And we see that as God reveals it to us in his word. As we look at the text this morning, we come to verse 11 and see this word cornerstone or kalafangunia, this Another compound Greek word, the head of the corner. And as we heard in Psalm 118, this is the cornerstone that the builders discarded or rejected. And it has become our head of the corner, our cornerstone, this Christ Jesus, our Lord. And He, as we hear it preached in Acts 4, He's calling these people to make Jesus the cornerstone of their lives because that is who he is. And so we have to ask as we see it in George Mueller's life, as we see it in these disciples' life, is he the cornerstone of my life? Am I anchoring all of my trust in him or am I putting it elsewhere? This is the cornerstone of our salvation and of our lives. The gospel will make a spiritual impact, a physical impact, a social impact. This is the cornerstone. And that leads us, as it did for these common folk, John and Peter, fishermen by trade, to be bold among the leaders, the well-educated, and this boldness uh, translated from the word parousia, which pos means all. I love this definition by one uh, lexicon that said this it's a proverb or a statement, uh, uh, the rhesus is quoted with resolve, confidence, bold resolve, leaving a witness. That something deserves to be remembered. This thing that they're preaching deserves to be remembered. This bold resolve. Remember Daniel when we talked about him a few weeks ago and the bold resolve he had to not defile the name of the Lord in the world that he lived in? The early church is doing that here now under the cornerstone which is our salvation. And so we have this word cornerstone. And this call to be bold. And then we discover one more word. In this case, it's inferred. It's a name. And there is salvation. And no one else. For there is no, one, nothing under, there is no other name under heaven given among men. By which we must be saved. No other name. But the name of Jesus. This is the cornerstone that we are called to live our lives, to stand our lives upon. And whether it is the first century church standing before the Pharisees in the Sanhedrin, or George Mueller standing before great need and striving to be faithful to the Lord, we can trust in this one true God as our cornerstone, as our bold resolve, And on this Reformation Sunday, we remember that Martin Luther did just that 506 years ago. 506 years ago, he said this. He said, unless I can be convinced by plain reason, or holy scriptures, or plain reason, here I stand, I can do no other. He stood with boldness as a common monk before the emperor, before the leaders of the church, just as these common men, John and Peter, stood before the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees. Just as we stand before the world we live in today, we can stand on our cornerstone, the same cornerstone, Christ Jesus our Lord. For there is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. God is calling us today to this kind of boldness. To stand on this cornerstone. To say, here we stand. And so this morning, we travel back in time now from the 1st century. And from the 16th century. And the 19th century to the 21st century. Right here in our midst. As God calls us to be all in with spiritual needs, all in with physical and social needs, as we commend our lives to his cornerstone, he makes a gospel impact in all of these places as we lead others to Christ and with the people we encounter. And I want you to hear from John and Chris Stitchman who have shared how the Lord has been leading them. Uh, to respond just as we've heard these other saints of God. We hear the saints of God within our midst share this morning.
2: We are John and Chris Ditchman. We have been members over 50 years. Now, over the past 50 years, uh, something that hasn't changed is the welcoming of people. Uh, We were new, we were new to New Mexico and uh, we were welcomed into the church, uh, welcomed right into the life of the church. Uh, It wasn't very many months before I found myself on church council. We choose to make faith a a key part of our uh, regular monthly giving. uh, As part of our overall, uh, I suppose it's a philosophy, that is to give to human need where that is and and of course uh, we humans need uh, a a spiritual enrichment and so so we support faith uh, in that as part of our overall giving to to human need Uh, i think faith has been so i will say faithful uh to the gospel to the word of god and uh and to to the sound teaching and so it, it is right for us to give to this church. We consider it a good investment because it's part of our life. Um, We've been so involved in this church that we can't think of doing anything but giving of our time, talent, and treasures. I I just hope people understand that to to be generous is part of why we're here, that we are here to serve each other, and in serving each other, we serve God. And so living a generous life to the best that as, as we can see how to do it is part and parcel of, that, uh, of how we are fulfilling what we're here for. What excites me about the new All In Initiative is to show people the many joys that we have in this church life. What excites me about the All In initiative is that it is a a chance uh, given where we have been, especially especially thinking about the the shutdowns and so on, and people have have actually not been able to be as involved. This is a chance now for us to reset and, and for people to become involved, uh, establish a new level of energy with the church, and and we'll have the opportunities now to do that. And so this is, a, this is really a good opportunity to, to reset to an extra high level of energy. As I look to the future and think of the, this church's place in it, I think about, first of all, we have an opportunity for uh, both very many more members, and we have an attractive uh, place and message. For those people here. Also, my hope for this for this church is that we'll, it will continue, maybe even grow as a force in the community. I mean, we've done a lot of things, so we have a lot to build on. I mean, we've, we've built Habitat for Humanity houses, all uh, 100% on our own, if you will. Uh, we've we've done other things out in the community where, where we do volunteering on a on uh, in various ways, and I would think that this all-in initiative can enable us to do what I've just said.
1: Thank you, John and Chris, for sharing your heart with us and reminding us that God, as we heard in the text today, is calling us to serve Him and to be uh, follow Him, as we learned last week, trust in Him, uh, with generous hearts, as we see at the end of chapter Four by the, the the early church, and then make an impact in our community for the kingdom of God, and we do that when we have bold trust all in under one name by which we can be saved. May he be our cornerstone. may he lead us to that kind of bold witness in life where That kind of trust is changing everything by the very word and grace of God. Amen.